TV soap operas have nothing on the Hebrew scripture. So many of the biblical characters who we think of as good guys, if you read about their whole lives and not just one story, had lots of experiences that in our world we would not call good or moral. Take Solomon, for instance. My guess is if you know anything at all about Solomon, it is that he was known for his wisdom and that the book of Proverbs with the wise admonishments is said to be attributed to him. You may also know the story about the two women who came to him, both claiming to be the mother of a baby boy and how his wisdom helped him determine which woman really was the mother of the baby. You can read that in the next chapter after our scripture today. But let me give you a little background on today's Hebrew scripture reading. King David is dying. His oldest son is assuming he will be the next king and he begins to act in a kingly manner. Solomon is David's youngest son, his son from Bathsheba. The prophet Nathan, who we come to admire because he's the one that admonishes David after he takes Bathsheba, now turns out to be a little power hungry when he goes to Bathsheba and encourages her to go to David and say, please make my son Solomon the next king. David says he will do that, and he brings Solomon to him and tells him what to do as the next king, which includes some of his David's adversaries that he's supposed to kill, some he's not supposed to kill. Solomon goes to his older brother and says, oldest brother says, I won't kill you even though you said you wanted to be king and was sort of acting like a king. But then a little bit later, he does exactly what David says, killing those who have been against David, but also killing his older brother. So these biblical characters have sides to them that are not very godlike. David, the rapist or adulterer, and yet the writer of many of the Psalms, Bathsheba abused by David, yet cagey enough to maneuver David to declare her son the next king, Nathan, the remarkable prophet who criticizes King David for his actions against Bathsheba and Bathsheba's husband, and yet here, going after power. God works with all kinds of folks. Surely, God can work with us too. Solomon does not sound much like the description in Ephesians of a wise person, but maybe we all have a little bit of selective memory. Listen now as we pick up a portion of Solomon's story in 1 Kings 3, beginning in verse 3, page 305 in your Bibles in the Old Testament if you would like to follow along. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David. 
Only he sacrificed and offered incense at the high places. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the principal high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. Although I am only a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this, God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. If you will walk in my ways, keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord appeared to this less than perfect Solomon in a dream by night and said, Ask what I should give you. He's already king. What more could he wish for? And what would you wish for? We grow up as children with lots of wishes. We're encouraged to make wishes. Every birthday, we get to blow out candles and make a wish for the next year. We may lay on the grass and look at the sky at night and hope for a shooting star and get to make another wish. We see movies about Aladdin and the lamp and the genie that might come forth if only we rub it right. When I was young, the black and white TV show The Millionaire was shown weekly, and we watched it as a family. The audience never got to see the person making the million-dollar gift and only heard his voice. We watched as he gave the check over to his manservant, who then went to the door of someone's house, 
rang the doorbell, gave them the check, and said, you just have to keep it a secret. Now, in my six-year-old mind, I was sure that that man was coming to our house. And I was sure that I was going to answer the door, and I was going to be the one that was going to be given the million-dollar check. But my very conservative businessman father would burst the bubble and remind us that even if we got a million-dollar check, we would have to pay taxes on it. And even at that young age, I realized I really wasn't going to get the whole million dollars, which, by the way, would be about $8 million now. But God says, ask what I shall give you. And this 20-year-old king, he really was still very young, asked for an understanding mind to be able to govern the people and to discern between good and evil. And God answers that with saying, I will give you a wise mind. I've spent the last 10 days wondering what it means to be wise. I looked up the dictionary definition, and that wasn't particularly helpful for me. I looked up the Hebrew word for wise and wisdom that's actually in our passage, and that wasn't particularly helpful for me. So this may say more about me than scripture. There are no people who can say something wise in a moment. I know people who can ask a question that is wise. But in my life, I could think of one person who I think of as wise. She's a clergywoman. She's a spiritual developer, spiritual direction. And she can look at me and say things that I am able to hear. She can push me in a way that I think I'm not quite ready, but I have to open my ears. She will help me see the world in a different way. And she has great humor in how she does it. So Solomon is given wisdom in order for him to guide the Israelites to follow in God's ways. What would it mean if Fairmount Church folks asked God for wisdom for the coming days? We may not be a judge like Solomon, but I sense we may be at a defining point in our history. In the months ahead, we will be expected to make many wise judgment calls. Our country is divided and hurting from videos of unarmed blacks being shot by police. It's been a year since the death of Michael Brown. We can name a litany of events in our history that have happened in the last year. The Los Angeles Times reported at the beginning of the month that after a year of high-profile police shootings of black Americans, many captured on video, racial attitudes among Americans, particularly whites, have undergone a significant 
shift. From the Pew poll, we find out that about 40% of white Americans say we have a major problem with racism. 10 years ago, that was 25%. A majority of blacks, 73%, and Latinos, 58%, call racism a big problem. And a large share of the change has come from people who identify as Republican. Five years ago, those folks in polls, 17% said we have a problem. This past June, 41% said we have a problem. Race appears to be more on the front and center. And although we might admit it, what we have to decide and where we need wisdom is what we're going to do about it. As a church, we are going to differ on the politics of the matter. But we can agree that as Christians, we are certain what Jesus calls us to do. We are called to feed the hungry, care for those in prison, find shelter for those who are homeless, to treat all people as equals. And we have an interesting event coming up next month. And the staff had an opportunity to have a preview of this event last Saturday. The church is bringing in on September 25th and 26th a woman, Jessica, and I would butcher her last name, so I'm not going to try it, who is going to lead us in a discussion, helping us to discuss with one another race, power, the culture we grow up in. Your staff met with her. You have a very diverse staff. And we had a Saturday with her, and it encouraged us to learn how to talk with one another, how to listen to one another, to tell our personal stories. There was no right or wrong. I went home thinking Fairmount church folk are ready for this. If we can't learn to trust one another with this Christian grounding, how are we ever going to go out in the world and be wise? Let's practice here. Because whether we want it or not, the next 15 months, both of issues in our world and the politics that are going to happen in the state of Ohio, we need to learn how to articulate our Christian values. We need to learn to trust one another and hear the stories of one another. Maybe we are on a precipice. Maybe we need the wisdom of God to show us the path that is ahead so that we can learn to lead God's people also. We are not perfect. We will not engage one another perfectly. But God calls us to learn how to speak and care and love. So I encourage you to put September 26th on your calendar now as we begin to advertise this event. Because we learn wisdom, I think, from one another. 
Some people say that the wisdom of the Old Testament is the Holy Spirit of the New Testament, that it's the Holy Spirit that guides us in the path in which we need to follow. So come, join the journey of trying to be wise and trying to live out the wisdom of God in this particular time and this particular place. Amen.